The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Okay, I am now recording. I see blue waves of my voice coming through, so I guess it's I see, it's fine. I see trees <laughs> of green, red roses too. Do I sound okay to you? Yeah, you sound good to me. I'm going to okay. bang Zelda at the end of Zelda 2. And I think I mean, to myself, Ganon can go fuck himself. <laughs> we'll talk about it, but that's definitely what that's meant to be, right? The, the, the healing sex workers like how could it not be that you know <laughs> exactly right um, okay Welcome to the RPG After Years, probably, uh, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present and future. This is episode 137, maybe? And I'm Bill. And I am Scott. That's right, baby. It's time for another legendary Bill and Scott review episode. Scott has agreed to let me read, uh, lead this one, because uh, I am the arbiter that forced us all to play this terrible game. And I'm not kidding when I say I hate you almost as much as I hate Zelda 2. Yes, since it's a review, we won't be doing any catch-up or anything like that. Today's going to be a one-shot, hopefully. <laughs> just like just like We're trying. Just like Link's one-shot Zelda at the end. Um, uh, we should get through the whole thing. But before that, so we don't fall behind, here's a quick couple of show updates. So um, you guys know all about the RPG Club. It is a... Uh, no, what's the RPG Club, Scott? I've never heard of this thing. <laughs> yeah, so the RPG Club... will be running as of next year. <laughs> you can think of it as a book club, but for RPGs. We, along with the community, play along with the same games at the same time. So there's checkpoints and deadlines and everything. It's basically the lifeblood of the show at this point. Um, <laughs> but, it's a good good lifeblood. Yeah. You, know, you know, like when you upgrade your lifeblood for vampire blood so that you, you can live forever. Yeah. <laughs> in glory it's my understanding <laughs> that by the time this episode comes out um i will already have recorded the final episode of this show but so if that goes to plan at the time i think nominations <laughs> will have started for the next game we're between clubs right now yes so i can't quite think of the date when this is going to be released i know it'll be some point in december is that right uh, this episode? Yes. Should be like mid-December, so, yeah. I think. Uh, editor Bill here. Um, <laughs> December. Wow. <laughs> uh, I obviously didn't factor in Bill's uh, usual laziness timings that I have to uh, enter into everything. Uh, so, yeah, apologies. I'm just going to skip some of this next section because obviously it's not very up to date. It being now March. <laughs> all right, everyone. Love you all. Editor Bill out. 
So it should be just in time for the new year and the new relaunch of the show. <laughs> I've been thinking about this. Do I still get honorary nominations or? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, technically, you're still a patron. So, yes, <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's true. I feel like I, I, tell, you, I tell you what, Scott, okay. you can you can you can keep honorary nominations even if you don't even if you withdraw your patronage as long as you play the games and help me review them. Oh man, what a deal! <laughs> I have to think about that one. Uh, for me, it's it's just going to depend on the game. Like if I, if it's something I definitely don't want to play, I'm probably not going to participate going forward. But if it's something I do, then maybe I will. So now, now I'm not going to nominate it because I'm pretty sure Caslow is going to nominate it. <laughs> but I I just pray the next game's Breath of Fire free because then I know I can drag you back in. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can try and get away, Scott. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, I'll always drag you back. The thing is, Breath of Fire 3 is not something I'm particularly interested in playing, but it's also something I'm not particularly interested in not playing, if that makes sense. so <laughs> I know. You're, you're not going to go out of your way to start playing it, but at the same time, you're like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. I can play this with other people, which is quite, which we've discovered is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, because I've never played... Uh, I think I played the beginning of Breath of Fire 3 on the PlayStation. Mm. Um, the, same here. But I don't... I was a kid. I was literally a child at the time, so... <laughs> No, yeah, it's one of those games. So I had I had Breath of Fire 4 when I grew up. So I bought that for the PlayStation. That was one of the games I bought after discovering Final Fantasy 7. Um, so like discovered Final Fantasy 7. I went out and bought Wild Arms and Breath of Fire 4. <laughs> now, I will say, I, I think Breath of Fire 4 is a much better game than Wild Arms. <laughs> Good. I know, I know you weren't particularly fond of that. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, listening to another podcast review, Breath, uh, Wild Arms, just this week, I think. And... I was just like, hmm, you guys are being a little uh, generous. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, people like Wild Arms. I like Wild Arms. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but I can see how it hasn't aged well, which is the important thing. That's sort of the same deal uh, with Fantasy yeah. Star 4 that we were talking about. Yeah. I was kind of, you know, I, I was planning to be quite favorable with Fantasy Star 4, but when I looked at the other games that kind of released around it, I was just like, oh, yeah. People with Sega Mega Drives are really starved for RPGs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like it's, it's a good game, but like it would have been a really good game if it was like 1992. But being 90 like four or 95, like that, it came out around the same sort of time as Secret of Mana. So, all right. So uh, yeah, moving on from Fantasy Star Four <laughs> and Secret of Mana, um, uh, you know they just have sex with trees in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Material Lockdown coming back in March. Yeah, just. Just be aware of that, people. It's coming. It comes around every year. It's like <laughs> Christmas, but only not uh, only better. <laughs> yep. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Anyway, let's get on with it, shall we, Scott? Let's let's jump into the meat and potatoes of Zelda Two. Let's do it.
Yes, so Zelda 2. Uh, Zelda 2 originally released in Japan in January 14th, 1987. Uh, was you even alive then, Scott? I was not. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> I was two. Yeah, I was two. I was three when it released in Power Regions, so that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, two. Uh, Actually, which was uh, 12. Not even Corey was alive yet at that point. Oh, wow. He's, he's, oh, a, you, he's several you, years older than me, so. Oh, you're the toy boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the, what, what's the opposite of a sugar daddy where the person younger than you is who pays for everything? <laughs> uh, sugar baby? No. That's the. Yeah, that, sugar baby. That's, I thought a sugar baby was what belonged to the sugar daddy, though. So, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. So you're a, um, uh, I don't know, sugar child. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, so, anyway, uh, Japan, January uh, 1987. Yeah, uh, 12,727 days ago, 34 years, 9 months, and 30 days. Is this still now, accurate? Because you made this doc a while ago. Yeah, I, I, I updated it this morning. Wow. Because um, I actually realized it was still done for, I think, Live Alive. <laughs> so, um, Look at you so being yeah, a professional. I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm getting good at this, you know. <laughs> I've, I've had a few years of practice now. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it released in the power regions, which will be, you know, Europe and Australia <laughs> and I think Taiwan uh, in September 26, 1988, which was 12,471 days, 34 years, one month and 21 days ago. And then oddly, it released in North America last. Yeah, I'm gone, I'm, I went kind of cross-eyed when I was like understanding that, looking at this. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was too. I was just like, I had to double check wiki. It's just like, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Released in North America on December 1st, 1988. So uh, that's the youngest one at 12,405 days, 33 years, 11 months and 13 days ago. Man. Well, I mean, it's a fucking old game. So I guess this doesn't really surprise me. But <laughs> just looking at it in those terms, it's like, damn, I can't believe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's old. It's Nez old and it's Nez hard. <laughs> we'll get to that. Go on. Well, do you want to do uh, what's what popular in the US billboard? Sure. So on this show, as you know, we always go over what was popular in uh, pop culture at the time of the game's release when we do a review. So uh, as far as the number one music at the time, it was, uh, this is for the OG release. It was Baby I Love Your Way slash Freebird Medley by Will to Power. I got to be honest, I don't, I don't know this song just from seeing the title. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd never heard this song before either, but I know both of the songs that it's medleyed together. <laughs> Weird. So you've got, um, oh, baby, I love your way every day. Yeah, yeah. Play Free Which Bird. originally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't they? They, yeah they, but it weirdly just trash, like transitions between the two of like out, out missing a heartbeat. It's a really weird song to listen to, to be honest with you. I'll have to. But, um, I can listen to it now if you want me to, but I'll have to go listen to it later. Otherwise. <laughs> Nah, it's all good. I think if you know Freebird and you know Baby I Love Your Way, I think you're all good. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, obviously Freebird originally by Leonard Skinner. And then um, Baby I Love Your Way, which was by Peter Frampton uh, in the 1970s. But I didn't recognize that version. So I've put in here Big Mountain because they did a version of that in like the 90s, which is the one I remember. I have to tell you something uh, regarding this. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and for some reason I mentioned Leonard Skinner. I can't remember why. And they didn't. They had no idea who I was talking about. I was like Leonard Skinner, Freebird, and they were just looked at me. So I was like, "What? How do you not? <laughs> how have you got this far in life without playing Guitar Heroes too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, what's wrong with you, man? It was the final song. It was hard as nails. 
Yeah. No one can do that solo. It's just impossible. Agreed. I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> um, yes. And then in Europe, uh, for the European power release, uh, it was He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother by the Hollies, which is a bit of a classic. Is it? He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Would I recognize it if I listened to it? I would hope so. I'd be really disappointed if you didn't know that song. A lot of times I'm like, really confused when uh, uh, <laughs> I look at what was popular in the UK because I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think I think you'd recognize that one. Hopefully hopefully you'd recognize all those songs. But yeah, they'll, they'll be playing in the background as we're talking now. I'll be auto-ducking it, which will be nice. <laughs> Maybe I'll listen to them in post yeah. and record some like one second of thoughts on them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, don't don't strain yourself. Okay, I don't want your blue hair to fall out. It, it, it already <laughs> is. So <laughs> no. All right, then. let's move on to the history of it, shall we? Let's do it. Zelda two. Of Link, funnily enough, is the second <laughs> main installment of the Legend of Zelda series, and it's a direct sequel to the Legend of Zelda. I don't think that, uh, there aren't many other sequels in the Zelda series, are there, Scott? Um, you being it, a big Zelda head, it depends on what you consider sequels, because there are <laughs> some links, like specific links, that have appeared in multiple games. But um, no, not not links, but direct sequels. Yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, th- this is happening. This is literally this only the only numbered sequel if you if that's what you're saying yeah i think so because i think technically is it a uh, link's awakening is after a link to the past yep and i'm i'm pretty sure the oracle games are also the same link as those two so oh really oh, okay well he is the best link so <laughs> yeah <laughs> good, good job he got four games <laughs> literally like i think this uh, is the this one holds this particular link holds the record so <laughs> Uh, so it was originally released uh, for the Famicom Disk System in Japan and eventually on the Nintendo Entertainment System in North America and Europa. Uh, while retaining many features of its predecessor, uh, Adventure of Link altered certain elements of gameplay, barely resem- uh, <laughs> bearing little resemblance to the first or later entries in the Zelda series. Uh, it features side-scrolling areas with a larger top-down world map uh, rather than mostly top-down perspective of the previous game. Uh, which only uses side-scrolling in a few sort of dungeon basement areas. And I always like those little bits in the games where it just suddenly goes to like, you go under, you go underground, it's like, do-do-do-do-do-do, and you get the Mario music playing. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, so strange. But yeah, I, I liked it. But this is basically like, let's make an entire game of that. <laughs> I, I'm, um, I'm trying to hold back when, to when my thoughts would be more appropriate. But the, the, <laughs> the most fresh, frustrating thing about uh, about this game to me is... You can tell underneath 
all the, the poor design decisions, there's a decent game or there could have been a decent game. So <laughs> um, Definitely. You feel you feel like it just needs a couple of like quality of life tweaks. Yeah, and maybe a couple less assholish punishing things yeah. that happen Cause, throughout. But because <laughs> I, I used I used a ROM hack. All right, I'm just going to put this out there. I used a ROM hack for this game, and I only put in a few little tweaks. I think I did. Um, I did a thing so if you get a game over, you didn't go all the way back to Zelda. <laughs> yeah, and I did fixed. I did fixed experience points for completing a palace, which after I think the third palace, I realised was actually a terrible idea. Because I couldn't then I manipulate say, the experience yeah. points for the palace afterwards. And I think there was one other one, but I can't actually remember what it was. But even with all those quality of life improvements, like, yeah, there are still other things that need to be done fundamentally to this game <laughs> to make it make it playable. Yeah, and uh, um, I think uh, going along with what you have said here about the differences between this game and other Zeldas, like, even today, I think most gamers know that this game is kind of looked at as, like, sort of a black sheep of the series. Mm. I know. I've worked my way through a good few number of black sheeps recently, <laughs> <laughs> which is which has been really strange. Like, because um, I've just done, I've just literally like the last review I did was with Skelly. We did Fantasy Star Three, which that's what I, I was thinking of when you said quad. that. Because I, I, I know you've got in my research for the Fantasy Star Four review, which we haven't recorded yet. Uh, it it really seemed like Fantasy Star Three is was the odd one out of the series. Yeah, it was a monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it was like. It's terrible. Like it is the worst of the games. I mean, we 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 ranked it the second lowest game on the list, next to Hydalide. Oof! Like, it's just my it's my. But the thing is, it's not terrible. Like the, Zelda Two has some terrible bits in it. Hydalide is just god awful to play. There's nothing wrong with Fantasy Star Three. It's just very dull <laughs> and, and repetitive, and it's just like. I think, as Skelly said, it's just it's an RP. It's what people who don't play JRPGs think all JRPGs are like. <laughs> Which I love that quote, by the way. It's a, yeah, such a useful quote to throw out. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, the uh, the I've, I've discovered this recently about my own tastes. Sometimes I would rather play a bad game than a game that is bad that should have been good. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because yeah, because the other thing, because the other one was um, Yeast Free as well. Like Yeast Free was considered the black sheep of the Yeast series because it did the same thing Zelda Two did, uh, where it went side scroll instead of being like a top down action adventure game, turned into a side scroll uh, platforming jumping game thing. But that was amazing. <laughs> me, me and Brett had so much fun playing Yeast Free. Yeah, <laughs> it was just. Um, it's just like, and everyone was just like, this game's terrible. It's awful. It's harder than Zelda 2. And the whole reason we played it was because Kai had been saying, hey, <laughs> you think Zelda 2 is bad? You should play East 3. And it's just like, all right. And then yeah. we loved it. It's just like, wow, this game's awesome. And uh, Echo the Dolphin is another one where uh, yep. it, I think oh, I, I like it, it more than most people from what I'm understanding. But it's, <laughs> yep. you could, you could tell there, there's can. a good game <laughs> underneath that, you know, uh, yeah. but just some poor design decisions. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I'm really struggling with Echo the Dolphin. It is so hard. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> There's something so satisfying about it. It has that kind of. Um, it has that endorphin rush as well, doesn't it? When when you've tried to do something like 20 times and failed at it, and then that one time you get it right and perfect, <laughs> and you finally jump over that bloody 
temple that's standing in the middle of the water. I was about to say, there are some things where 20 is a a low number. (laughs) um, But okay, back to Zelda 2. Yeah, we've got quite quite a sidetrack there. Uh, Yeah, so the side-scrolling gameplay and experience system are quite similar to features in Castlevania series, especially Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, another black sheep. (laughs) It's like, all the two games and and East 3 was just like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> let's, let's go terrible yeah uh the game incorporates a strategic combat uh with a, uh, an approximately continue system based on lives uh, an experience point system magic spells and more interaction with non-player characters apart from the non-canical cdi the legend of zelda games which is like uh link the faces of evil and zelda uh the wand of gamelon we shall not say their name again <laughs> I will make you. I will make you play those one day, Scott. I'll find a way. Oh no! <laughs> Life finds a way. Yeah, the CDI <laughs> finds a way. <laughs> no other game in the series includes uh, a life feature. Um, uh, the side angle occasionally seen in Link's Awakening and other Game Boys and, uh, and other Game Boy entries, which rely on primarily the top-down view, which is always interesting and feels out of place in those games. Um, it does. I said. I said it earlier. Didn't it? It's so strange when you suddenly pop into those dungeons, into into that side-scrolling section. Yeah. And then it's playing Mario music with Mario <laughs> enemies, like, even in Link's Awakening's case. Yeah. <laughs> what? What is? What's, what's going on here? Yeah. I've entered another dimension. <laughs> so Shigeru Miyamoto, who I consider to be my real father, uh, the co-creator <laughs> of the original The Legend of Zelda. You know, this is like the father of gaming, y'all. He like created Mario and Zelda and Star Fox and all kinds of famous series. You guys probably know that, but <laughs> um, so Never he heard of Star Fox. Yeah, he intended <laughs> to make Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link fundamentally different from its predecessor. A new team was assembled to develop the sequel, except for Miyamoto, who is credited with the pseudonym Miyahan. What? And are you talking about in the credits of the game? Yeah, a lot. A lot of Japanese developers had like shorthand for their names mm-hmm. in the games don't know why early game <laughs> credits are always funny because a lot of times you'll they'll just like it'll be something stupid like nonsensical names or like just their first names <laughs> yeah um but miyahan or miyamoto was credited as the producer and takashi tezuka was credited to uh write the story and script the adventure link had two directors tadashi sugiyama and yasahisa yamamura sugiyama is credited with the pseudonym Sugiyan as his first major product project at Nintendo, and Yamamura is credited with his nickname Yamahin. Uh, music composer Akito Nakatsuka is credited as Zuk- Zukasen. That's interesting. So uh, <laughs> usually Koji Kondo, who is a, one of the most famous composers ever for video games, anyway, uh, does 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 the Zelda music. I didn't realize he missed out on this one. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got a little section of that coming up actually. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, the Development of the Adventure Link started with uh, Shuigu Mi- Miyamoto's idea of creating a side-scrolling action game, uh, <clears throat> which uh, used up and down movements for attack and defense. This idea was developed as a new sword and shield action game that did not follow the <clears throat> the system. Uh, which uh, can't speak <laughs> sword and shield action game that did not follow the system seen in the first Legend of Zelda game. In fact, I believe they actually used Link as like a place, like Link sprite as a placeholder, and then decided to sort of carry on with it. I think I've read about that before. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Then at the end of development, the game was considered a type of spin-off until it was decided on a story where Link would be sixteen years old and then attaching the Zelda title to it. It's one of the so uh, slapped, the older so they links. A lot of stuff on at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
But at least he's at least he's legal. Considering some of the things that go on in this game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. Um, so, unlike most other games in this series, none of the music in this game was composed by famed composer Koji Kondo, with the exception of the Overworld theme. Interesting. I'm trying to bring that tune up in my mind. The Overworld theme yeah, is decent I mean, again, in this game, if I remember right, actually. Yeah, but again, it was just kind of like a remix of his original one from the first oh, yeah, game. So true. he got credited, but it wasn't actually his. It's like it's like how Nobuo Marzo always gets a credit for the opening titles of Final Fantasy games. Which he hasn't touched in years. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, it, which was, like Bill just said, it was partially based on the original overworld theme. Uh, perhaps for this reason, almost none of the music in this game was brought back in other games. The The one track from this game that everybody always remembers is the, the main dungeon theme. Because I think... Yeah, the, the temple music. That got used in Smash Bros. Because the temple level in Smash Bros. is one of the most popular levels in that series. Yeah, it got used in Smash Bro Melee, Smash Bro Bros. Brawl. And um, then it also it was also kind of remixed as a Street Pass battle theme in Link Between Worlds. Oh, Wow. Okay. Um, and um, and then I think in another in another game it also serves as like a victory theme. <laughs> <laughs> I keep offering random like bits of knowledge from my mind, and then I read like one paragraph ahead, and you've already got it there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's that's why I'm, I'm I'm reading the next paragraph and trying to squeeze it into the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, the only other ge- the other the only other game to offer include music from the Adventure of Link is the Minesh Cap, um, and yeah. And that's mostly because both games contain scenes of uh, Zelda's Awakening. Oh, okay. And the music was reused from Adventure of Link. I'm not sure I even... I, I played Minish Cat for the first time, you know, uh, probably la- sometime last year. I don't remember that. But what did you play first? Zelda 2 or Minish Cat? Probably Zelda 2. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. My memory's going Good, I'll let you lately. So. <laughs> yeah, same here. It's old age and blue hair. Uh-huh. Here. Um, so is that the end of that paragraph? Did you cover it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I did that one. I okay. think you just need to do that little bit. All right, so the leveling up <laughs> system was added so players could battle enemies multiple times. I would, I would rather not, personally. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> While encounters on the overworld added a luck factor to the narrow map. It's almost like a random encounter system, which is really interesting um, mm. for this type of game. Uh, the high difficulty of the game was implemented to extend playing sessions due to the lack of content in, the ga- in games at the time. What? <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I would be more happy to finish a game and they'd be like, oh, that was great. I'm going to replay it. <laughs> yeah. Rather than being like, I've got three dungeons in. I know I've got like six stones or whatever it is. This is, I'm, I'm throwing this in the bin. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Screw this. Although I did see, I saw a copy of this the other day in a shop and it was like 78 pounds or something. How much is that in dollars? Uh, Are pounds worth more or less these days? Uh, no, pounds less. So probably about $90. Okay. That's uh. Was it, uh, it was, was, box. It, was it new in box? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good deal for I that. Said, oh, no, no. <laughs> no, if it's new in box, that's going to be like millions. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's still got the original Nintendo cellophane on it. <laughs> but okay, with the uh, history out of the way, we are going to take a quick break before we move on to the quote unquote story. <laughs> Thank you. 
are back. We're going to go ahead and jump into the story. All right. So, uh, Hyrule in the Adventure Link consists of two continents and two islands. It features eight towns, which names were later used to name the sages in Ocarina of Time. You know, there's uh, towns like Saria and Raru. They might be spelled a little different, but um, they're definitely... That's where those names were pulled from, which was weird for me while I was playing it because it's hard for me not to think of it the other way around because I've played Ocarina of Time so many times. And <laughs> this is my first uh, real try at Zelda 2, you know? Yeah. It's just like, why? Why would you choose this to, <laughs> to, to bring? Why, why would you sully Ocarina of Time with these names? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also um, the town Mido, which is interesting because that's also a character in Ocarina of Time who is definitely not a sage so that, that's kind of weird <laughs> um but four towns are located in western hyrule and the other four are located in eastern hyrule <laughs> yes but we're gonna get into the story section now so uh yeah everyone just read the bloody manual all right all right let's skip over to the next section scott <laughs> i do remember <laughs> um that, I wouldn't do it that, <laughs> that there's a lot more as is uh, normal with games this old, there's a lot more story in the manual than, than what is in the game. So. Yes, exactly. And um, we we played this for uh, well originally for my my her, my sister podcast, <laughs> right? Bill's JRPG Trappings and the other Trappings podcast. <laughs> I can't even say it probably. Uh, but now it's become the Super Switch Club. Uh, As we is, tend uh, to do, we we lost control of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and a podcast was born. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then handed off to someone else. <laughs> Eric, you run this. <laughs> this but, is your uh, baby now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a it was a good time. It's just like with that podcast, you know, we're in, we're about to go into season four, and we have yet to play what <clears throat> is, would be generally considered a good game. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But well, anyway, I mean, the whole the whole thing that I did was I. I got other other podcasters to we we essentially treated it like a book book club where we do one palace at a time and then I got other podcasters involved to submit their feedback on those sections and then edit it all together and we we started off with the manual and if I'm completely honest I invented the whole thing as a ruse just to get Scott to play this game <laughs> because I remember you saying on I think the Zelda timeline episode that we did like a couple of years back <laughs> that you yeah. hadn't played or, or that you briefly played Zelda 2 but not completed it. And I remember thinking, I'll get him to play that. <laughs> Somehow I'll find a way. Why are we friends? So, so sorry, sorry, Scott. <laughs> 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 yeah, but at least, at least now when people question your Zelda thing, you could be like, hey, I've beaten Zelda 2. <laughs> yeah. The thing you, is, you there's other Ganon. games I need Go to play 2 in the series. In the, <laughs> um, the CDI but games. Yeah. <laughs> like those, yeah. Um, so several years after the events of The Legend of Zelda, the now 16-year-old Link notices a strange mark on the back of his left hand, exactly like the crest of Hyrule. I'm assuming that's the Triforce because the Hyrule crest is like a different thing canonically. But, <laughs> uh, he seeks out Impa, who takes him to the North Castle, Impa being another recurring character in the Zelda series, usually some sort of caretaker of Zelda. Um, she takes him to the North Castle, where a door has been magically sealed for generations. Impa places the back of Link's left hand on the door, and it opens, revealing a sleeping maiden. Impa tells Link that the maiden is Zelda. Interestingly and specifically, not the Zelda from the first game, even though this is the same Link from the first game, which I always make, have found that to be so weird. <laughs> yeah, it makes, it makes you wonder, where is the Zelda from the first game? She fucked off somewhere, I guess. <laughs> and and will Link eventually get both Zeldas in the same room together and uh, 
Have his merry way. <laughs> time, time to heal our hearts, I guess. <laughs> um, but anyway, so she's the princess of Hyrule from long ago and the origin of the titular legend of Zelda, really. Huh, that's interesting because uh, this is definitely not the earliest game in the timeline. In fact, it's quite, in fact, it's quite late in the timeline. I this is this is the latest game in the timeline. One of them, yeah, and one but, of the branches. But, but, <laughs> but the sleeping, but the sleeping Zelda's from early on in the timeline. I think. It'd be interesting if, like, one day Nintendo revealed, yeah, it's the Zelda from this game. <laughs> and <it's a> yeah. <laughs> from- <laughs> what's what's the first one? Is it Skyward Sword? Skyward Sword's the earliest, yeah. Yeah, that that'd be great. <laughs> this is like, yeah, she's from Skyward Sword, <laughs> and that's one of the uh, particularly memorable Zeldas, like a good character. So that's interesting. Uh, anyway, so Princess of Hyrule from long ago that's been sleeping forever for who knows why. Uh, Zelda's brother tried to force her into telling their recently deceased father's secrets concerning the Triforce, which is also interesting because uh, other than a father, uh, Zelda's never had a brother in any other game. So. <laughs> um, hmm. Princess Zelda refused to reveal its location, and the prince's wizard friend, in anger, tried to strike her down with a spell. Zelda I like fell to think under that was Harry Potter. It, it very could have been. It very well could have been. Shows up. I'm a wizard. Expelliarmus. No. Uh, Zelda fell under a powerful sleeping spell, but the wizard was unable to control the wildly arcing magic and was killed by it. <laughs> Get fucked. Uh, the prince, filled with remorse and unable to reverse the spell, had his sister placed in the castle tower, hoping she would one day be awakened. He decreed that princesses born to the royal family from that point on would be named Zelda in remembrance of this tragedy. Uh, <laughs> can't I just call her something else? <laughs> no. <laughs> she must be called Zelda. Yeah. I, this is, uh, I know I've read this before, um, but this is just interesting to me because like, if you if you think too hard about it, you're like, how the hell does this fit into the timeline based on what we know from future <laughs> games? But- <laughs> is it the end? Well, this is supposed to be like the end of uh, the, is it the dark timeline. The one where Link dies to Ganondorf in Ocarina of Time, I believe. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, this this Link's supposed to be like the ultimate Link. And to be fair, if he can get through that last palace, he is the hardest Link on Earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And> in existence. <laughs> I'll add real quick here that um, I know a lot of people take the Zelda timeline seriously. I used to as well, but uh, <laughs> I don't as much anymore just because, um, you know, they came out with that Hyrule Historia book that had the official timeline reveal. And then the, their next like archive book, a couple of games were shuffled. So it's like they don't they don't even know the timeline. They're trying. They're, <laughs> they're, they're just, trying, but <laughs> they're making it up as they go along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just see whichever Reddit post has got the most upvotes. <laughs> like that'll do. Yeah, and then Breath of the Wild. They were just like, this game is so far in the future that nothing else that has happened before mattered. So. <laughs> <laughs> but also it's supposed to be linked with the Breath of the Wild two and another one. They're supposed, uh, they're supposed to be part of a trilogy. Is it Skyward Sword? I don't know. No, Twilight that, Princess, I think. Well, I'm trying not to go too much into the weeds here, but um, <laughs> in, in, in Wind Waker, there was a race that evolved from the Zoras in Ocarina of Time, the bird people, Rito. And then oh. and then in Breath of the Wild, both Rito and Zoras exist. So it's like, mm, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Nature finds a way. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they they devolved <laughs> into a secondary race. <clears throat> okay, so um, Impa says that the mark on Link's hand means that he is the hero chosen to awaken Zelda. Uh, she gives Link a chest containing six crystals and ancient writings that only a great future king of Hyrule can read. Link finds that he can read the document. <laughs> 
like, boom, can I just take the king now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me my crown. Leave her sleeping. I've already got one Zelda. It's fine. Um, even though he's never seen the language before. Uh, it indicates that the crystals must be set into <clears throat> within six palaces scattered across Hyrule. This will open the way to the Great Palace, which contains the Triforce of Courage. Only the power combined within the Triforces can awake Zelda. Taking the crystals, Link sets out to restore their places. Meanwhile, Ganon followers seek to kill Link. Uh, sprinkling his bud blood on Ganon's ashes will bring Ganon back to life. Sounds sounds a bit of a stretch. Yeah, and you um, well, you know he he can come back to life if the wind blows the wrong way in this series. But uh, <laughs> it is interesting though because you you never technically fight Ganon in this game, but if you get a game over, you see his face and his <clears throat> you know iconic NES laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I've I've got this further on down in like the the misc segment, but that was actually also reused for a fighter from the Mike Tyson's Punch Out game. Really, I guess that doesn't surprise me, but that's interesting. Yeah, Ganon's laugh on the game over screen in the English version is also in the NES game Punch Out as Soda Popinski's laugh. Huh. <laughs> okay, like, lo- that's cool. I love that Nintendo just like reusing assets all over yeah. the place. <laughs> Um, right, so Link ultimately restores the crystals. No, did I just do that? You haven't read that did yet, just... no. No, I thought I did. All right, edit that bit out. Ultimately, Link restores the crystals to the six palaces and enters the Great Palace. Oh, God, I'm getting PTSD just thinking about that. Um, mm. <laughs> after venturing deep, deep inside, they, Scott, they can jump. <laughs> <laughs> they can jump. I think you were more traumatized by this part than me. But, <laughs> Why but yeah, can they it, jump? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Link battles the last of the Guardians, a flying creature known as Thunderbird, but doesn't give you any indication that it's called Thunderbird. Um, it also doesn't really uh, look like a bird, if I remember right. So No, it looks like some sort of weird, like, I don't know, clown with like a big cape on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really weird looking. Uh, afterwards, his true heart is tested by fighting his own shadow, a.k.a. the doppelganger, Dark Link. Uh, Link then claims the Triforce of Courage and returns to Zelda, the three triangles to reunite your Triforce, and and Link's wish awakens Zelda. So it's funny. So everything I just read was in the game. Everything you read was from the manual. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Um, I guess you can look at that as one thing that this game contributed to the overall legacy of the series. Um, It's not that he shows up. He doesn't really show up all the time or even frequently, but Dark Link is... Uh, something that occasionally shows up in other games. I think he's only been in one other game, isn't he? Let's see. Uh, he was definitely a mini boss in Ocarina of Time. Um, mm-hmm. There's like a shadowy link that appears in a trippy ass drug fueled dream sequence in Twilight Princess. Um, <laughs> I, need, I need to play that one. <laughs> I think he's a villain in uh, Four Swords Adventures as well, which yeah. is another one of the games I just haven't played due to the multiplayer requirement. But. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we do have a section on timeline placement here. We talked about it a little already, but uh, both this game and the first are linked in continuity. It's the same link. Uh, the first game revolves around retrieving two of the major fragments of the Triforce, and Ganon is fought in order to rescue Princess Zelda. The second game that we're talking about revolves around finding the third major fragment in order to revive an incarnation of Zelda that was sleeping for a very long time and to impede the revival of Ganon, which is a uh, Another thing that's interesting, I guess you could say this game contributed to the overall canon, is that there are th- definitely three pieces of the Triforce. Is that Ganon canon? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, in the timeline revealed in Hyrule Historia, the adventure of Link takes place in the Downfall branch after Ocarina at a time, um, meaning the fake timeline they came up with to explain the timeline <laughs> where Link actually dies in Ocarina at a time. Um, it is the latest entry in the timeline that has its roots in Ocarina of Time, and it starts with a link to the past. <clears throat> After Ganon is defeated again in a link to the past, Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, and a link between worlds, Hyrule then <laughs> entered the Golden Era, in which the wise Hyrule monarchs used the Triforce to govern the land. After the last king's death and the attempt of the Prince of Hyrule to assemble the complete Triforce, Hyrule was led into the era of discipline or decline. <laughs> That's Discipline. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, the Prince of Darkness Ganon was revived, which led to the events of the Legend of Zelda, but of course was ultimately defeated by Link. And the events of the Adventure of Link take place a few years later, but refer back to the Princess Zelda that was put under a sleeping spell at the beginning of the Era of Decline. So, not a particularly early Zelda after all. So that's like another piece of the canon that doesn't make sense. Like, how do you? All princesses must be named Zelda. That's been going on for a while, dude. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, yeah. so that's that's where it goes back to. You know, this sleeping Zelda's been around for so long <laughs> that the other Zelda was named after her. What do you and think then, you Link know, was doing between the 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 two games? It's, it's a few years <laughs> apart. <laughs> it, it's hard to imagine like Link doing anything but doing Link shit as far as like adventuring. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think he might have got um, got a bit deep into drugs and, and women, to be honest with you. Seems like it. We'll <laughs> get women there. of a certain profession. <laughs> but uh, that's it for the story section, and I think it's time to move on to gameplay, right? Yeah, definitely. The The fun of this game. Oh, no. Hey, folks. My name is Brett, and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends, Jess... What is happening?! Oh my god! And Steve... Even he looks spooked. ...play through video games, and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.buzzsprout.com or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app. Or your least favorite podcast app. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> talk about the game play aspects of this nes mess this game is not looked uh looked back upon fondly because i know some people would probably disagree with this statement but it is incredibly difficult 
yeah, very, very, very difficult. So the the general gist of the gameplay is that you you die, and there's there's <laughs> death, and then then you die again, and then there's just 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 constant constant death. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I um. <laughs> I came. You you probably remember this. I came so close to just quitting. Like it, it was so hard. I think I went I think a few around the third palace between sessions. It? Yeah. yeah. Um, like like the first palace, it's like yeah, this is fucking hard, but it's it feels doable. And then it it just keeps getting harder and harder. <laughs> I know. I just for me, it was just hitting the the the. <laughs> I don't. What are they actually called? What 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 what's the fuck now? The dark notes. Yeah, dark nuts. That's it. I just, I called, I just started calling them fuck nuts. No, because they remember what else they were. They're so but hard, yeah, they and they just, appear they all was, the time, constantly. Oh, it feels like unbelievably difficult enemy. Should we but talk yeah, about we, the mechanics of that enemy now, or save it? No, no. We, we, I think it specifically mentions the dark nut mechanics. So let's okay. let's, let's carry on. So right. and this is so <clears throat> again, this is a Zelda game with an RPG system. So there's experience points. Um, in this installment, Link gains experience points to upgrade his attack, magic, and life by defeating enemies. So essentially, you sort of you build up your pool of experience, and then once you get to a certain number, a little menu pops up, and then you get a choice that you can upgrade one of them. And then the like the attack, magic, and defense, well, life as it's called, uh, they're all worth different amounts of points. And if I remember rightly, like upgrading your defense is the cheapest. So yes. you can kind of like customize your leveling up as you go. But really you just want to sort of whack as much into attack as possible <laughs> to get started with this game. Um It's actually yeah, a it's- cool, interesting system, if not for one <clears throat> factor, which I think will come up in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so you can so yeah, essentially you can get you can level up your attack, magic, and everything, and you can go up by eight levels. Uh, raising the your life will decrease damage Link receives. Raising magic will decrease the amount of magic points a spell costs, which is very important. And raising attack levels will strengthen his sword's offensive power. I'm sure that it's not it's not the the progenitor of this concept, but it's a it's an early example of a skill tree in a video game. Yeah, um, I think that's what I mean. I thought it was quite a good idea. I didn't. I actually quite enjoyed like being like, oh, which one do I actually want to level up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, having that choice. Um, when enough experience points are acquired <laughs> to raise an attribute, the player may choose to level up that attribute or to cancel and continue gaining experience points towards the next level and another attribute. Uh, but this is where it fails. Uh, <laughs> if the player gets a game over, the current levels are saved, which is cool, but you lose all XP gained to unlock the next level and ability. And as you get higher in levels, it requires more X- XP. Yeah, um, it's a bitch. <laughs> uh-huh. And as an additional fuck you, there are enemies later in the game, I believe, that if you get hit by them, you just lose experience as well as health. So. Yeah, I know. You, you sort of sit there thinking, what's going on here? And it's just like, ah, oh, my experience is disappearing. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't an immediate... Um, and that didn't immediately register with me when that was happening. Well, no, so you, you, don't, you don't look at that number and think, is that going down? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that going down? <laughs> but uh, if it wasn't for losing this XP, I think that's one of the mods that you can do um, that helps mm. to fix this game. But I think that might just... have actually been my third mod. I yeah. think I added it so I wouldn't lose the XP as I died. 
I would uh, I would give all you people shit for playing the unpure version of the game, but as much as I was safe steading and rewinding, it like I I feel like there's no room to talk. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I did I did use save states, but I didn't I did not have a rewind function on my on my emulation device. I think on my original this- on my original hardware. Sorry. Yeah, I think this game taught me that the rewind function even exists on the Switch Online service because I think I accidentally found it like towards the end of the game. So, <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to use this a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, on top of this, not to do with the XP system, but if if you're playing an unmodded version of this game, when you die, you return back to the uh, North Castle or whatever the fuck it's called where Zelda is sleeping. And... Uh, it's dependent, depending on where you died, it could be a long way back to get to where you were. <laughs> yes. Like if you die in the valley of death on the way to the great palace, <laughs> it's just like yep. I'm right at the end of the game. Um, and yeah. there's, there's forced encounters a lot of times on the way to wherever it is you need to be that are mm. just balls difficult. It's like, <laughs> got to go through the Scotland again, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. Those, those ones in the, in the valley of death on the, on the way to the final palace. We just walk through the valley of the shadow of death. death. Take a look at my life and think, "Fuck nuts are a right mess." <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm having like I'm, you know that meme of the Chihuahua with the the war helicopters transposed <laughs> over it. That, that, that's me right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, the uh, the adventure of Link has a more complex. Uh, combat system than its predecessor armed with a sword and shield link must alternate between standing and crouching positions to attack enemies and defend himself for example the fuck nut enemy <laughs> or dark nut changes the height of its attack and shield depending on link's current state and they made the ai way too intelligent for it mm-hmm. <laughs> forcing link to change stances until he has a chance to attack safely uh, link has the ability to jump which can be used for attacking tall or airborne enemies and can be used for evasion. And then eventually he can learn techniques for midair and down, uh, midair, downward and upward stabs. And yeah, the down, downward thrust is just godly <laughs> once you finally get it. Uh-huh. It's, I think, not a, I think uh, it's not a solution that. to all your problems and worries, but it does, oh. when, once you get that, it does make something significantly easier. Yeah, but you get like you get like a third of the way through the game, and then suddenly you get the downward thrust, and you're just like, "Why didn't they give me this at the start? <laughs> uh-huh. If I'd have, if I'd have had this from the beginning, this would be like top tier gaming." <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh my god, this is so great!" And if the ending wasn't so hard, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And then uh, the the thing with the dark nuts is there's definitely a strategy to defeat them more easily um, if you're playing correctly. But I think most people, your natural reaction is going to be to button mash and hope you get lucky against them yeah yeah you try and go toe to toe with it it's not going to work you need to be like standing just a good distance away and then sort of jump and strike your sword as it's going to hit him in, in like the visor on his face yeah and, and it's and just like it feel, it feels like pixel perfect timing to be honest with you i know it's not but it does feel like you have to be feels very, like very that, yeah. on point with it and it's just like oh man <laughs> this is so hard and then uh, later yeah. in the game they introduce red dart nuts which are even harder what they they can throw swords is that what the difference was no no it's the it's the blue no you have the red the orange red ones to start with and then yeah, then the blue ones come along and they have infinite throwing swords yeah so, which is just and they just and they're just relentless it's <laughs> just nightmarish relentless. <laughs> and then uh, and then yeah i kind of joked about it earlier you know i said about going into the final dungeon and they can jump yeah they have they're not called dark nuts they're called um what are those weird things called with like the crow face Oh gosh, um, I'll I'll look it up on the side 
in a minute. But, right, I but yeah, they, essentially, I I just assumed it was a dark knight with a different helmet, but they have like a bird like face on it, and it's exactly the same as the dark nuts, except suddenly they can jump. But they don't just jump a little bit; like they can jump like way higher than you, even with the jump spell, uh-huh. <laughs> and they just absolutely fly across the room and they just hunt you down. And they're, they're pretty like, fast too. Yeah, I know they're faster than you. <laughs> it's just like you kind of just have to sort of just sort of dodge your way past them and then run and hope you get to the next screen shift before it happens. And it's just like, oh, it was just terrifying. And I was just like, oh my God, they can jump. I had enough problems with the standing ones. Now they can jump. You know what? I'm looking at at ZeldaDungeon.net right now and apparently the dart nuts in this game are actually called Iron Knuckles, according to this. Ah, yeah, that sounds right. Which are very similar enemies in the series to begin with. but um, And the flying ones are called Falkers or something? let's see Fakas 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 are some of the most difficult enemies in the adventure of Link appearing (laughs) only in the Great Palace Blue Faka are are. one of the most dangerous enemies in the game they are highly aggressive and take more hits to defeat their red counterparts (gasps) they're complete Fakas you know I've seen meet the (laughs) Fakas honestly (laughs) when it was possible to do so I I I ran from them (laughs) yeah that's it that's the the best thing you can do is just run but oh my god the first time I I encountered one and it just murdered me in seconds it's just like Uh (laughs) but the way they had had that dungeon laid out there's a couple spots where it's difficult to run from them in a Mm. at least in a faster than they can catch up to you so (laughs) um but yeah so moving on from from that those guys suck (laughs) there's no way (laughs) around that uh, there is a magic system in this game, which is actually pretty cool. Some of them are more useful than others. And the, the reason this this mechanic fails, I feel, is that magic is so limited. You can only use a certain amount of uh, spells, even when your magic's fully upgraded before you're just and, out. And there's a spell called spell, which is only <laughs> yeah. used for a very specific point to move the game forward. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. why? Which is why another one of those... God damn it moments like I don't I don't get how there's some points in this game where I don't understand how people figured it out without a guide so yeah because yeah for this for the super switch club I always remember Skelly was um or Brett he was um he went through pretty much the entire game without a guide until it got to the spell spell bit (laughs) he couldn't he couldn't work it out he had to go to the extra town you have to go to the end of town and use that spell to get that thing out to go inside to get the object so you could open up six palace and yeah. he finally cracked and had to use a guide. <laughs> I remember being so salty about it. <laughs> There's also a couple of um, like tiles on the map that are just invisible that are like key progression points. Uh, you yeah. just have to help you stumble across them. Again, during um, the Super Switch Club, I remember Troy saying about how he had to, he just basically started just walking along the map back and forth to make sure he hit every tile. <laughs> just be like, something's got to happen. And then that's how uh, he eventually uncovered it. And it's just like, Oh yeah, no, you you had to use. I forgot to get to that that town where you have to use the spell. Spell you have to use the hammer on the tree. Yes, and I remember being like, you can hammer trees. Like uh-huh. I've only used the hammer on rocks up to this same, point. I had the same reaction. <laughs> like, um, damn it! Why, why, why is this a mechanic? I'll admit that I'm the type of person who has a tendency to use guides more often than I don't. Um, hmm. But this is just one of those games. Like we've been saying, I like I don't get how anybody finished it without one but <laughs> <laughs> i don't just belligerence just button mashing as they go along yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <sighs> uh, but so we we haven't finished talking about the magic system yet so each yep, spell is learned from a different wise man in one of the eight, eight towns within hyrule there is like an interesting town dungeon mechanic to this game it's not just fights and dungeoneering 
Um, Link often must complete side quests such as retrieving lost items or carrying a boy above his head um, before they will teach him their spells. Some spells and items are necessary for advancing in the game. Uh, the life spell becomes the main means of recovering health during action scenes. Uh, a lot of times in these dungeons, you're just praying that an enemy will drop magic so you can <laughs> use the fucking life spell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, because healing fairies are rare. There are fairies in this game, but they're like, like I just said, they're rare. So. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I only ever come across like two fairies in the actual palaces. <laughs> yeah. And then um, there was a couple on the world map, but yeah, that was it. There are some you can get to in the dungeons that um, that's like the only reason to go that way. But the question is, is it worth it? Is it, it? worth it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, I can confirm that on both occasions. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but for me, I think my favorite spell was the fairy spell. I yeah. I used that a lot because it was a little bit broken. You could use it to, you know, obviously turn into a fairy and then get yourself up and over enemies, up and over difficult platforming sections and get around it. It uses a lot of magic, though, so it, it has the cost. And then also it has a little um, bug in it where you can go through locked doors without having to get the key. <laughs> Yeah. So okay, occasionally be like, oh, this door's locked. I'm going to use fairy to see what's on the other side. It's just like, oh, oh look, a child. <laughs> Another couple of spells worth mentioning. There's one that doubles your defense, um, which is oh, yeah, just, yeah, it's 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 godsend, especially for bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also a jump spell, which increases Link's jumping ability, which is frustrating because if that feels like just something that should be built in, or at least. If it's going to be improve your jump that much, my basic jump shouldn't be so shitty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's there's a couple of game ploy, uh, game gameplay points where you're forced to use the jump spell in order to get high enough and over before and that's before you get this fairy spell. And then pretty much the only time I think I used it after that was for like the dragon boss, which by the way was the coolest boss in the game. When that dragon comes out the ground and then it keeps coming down and up through different holes, that was that that was a really fun boss. Most of the bosses were a bit generic. If I'm honest, yeah. Well, as far as the hard. bosses go, um, I would say that I think it's because you you know we have the ability to you know save state, but uh, they they none of the bosses felt like extremely overwhelming or punishing to me. Really, mm. yeah. Just yeah, it just like you just had to kind of work out their pattern, which wasn't very complicated. And Maybe then, Dark yeah. Link if you don't count if if you don't do the exploit in that. Oh fight, no, Dark, which, Dark Link's is impossible unless you cheese it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I always thought fairy spell was the best. Um, I probably should have uh, used it more. Yeah, it was it was really good. And then and then finally, this game actually has a new game plus, which is I didn't uh, did I know that? <laughs> I don't know. Did you? <laughs> well, what's um, different? Nothing. It's the exact same game, but you just keep all your experience points and levels. But most people, when we played the Super Switch Club, <laughs> were max level to, in order to beat the final dungeon. And you oh, think, yeah. Why? Why would you come back here and be like, yeah? You know. I want to say I by the I, time I got to like Dungeon 4 or so, like I specifically went out of my way to finish leveling. So I would have <laughs> a leg up on the competition. <laughs> I, I remember being really smug because I hadn't really paid much attention to it. And when I got to the final dungeon, I was one level under everything. So I was on sevens for everything. And I think when I came to the fin- when I came to finish the game, I'd only managed to level up one other attribute. So I think I was like seven, eight, seven. <laughs> yeah, but I can't, I can't remember which way around they were. But I remember being really smug about it. <laughs> like, hey, I didn't even realize I was underleveled. 
Man, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm forgetting a lot, but I remember really getting fucked over in certain situations in this game, like going to the wrong town or <laughs> stuff like <Yeah>. that. <laughs> oh, yeah, some of that. I mean, the town the towns are fairly basic as well. So you just get like a couple of screens where you can side scroll through them. Some of them have invisible enemies. Oh, God, do you remember the invisible yeah. enemies before you get the cross? <laughs> oh, oh <God. laughs> I remember what I'm talking about. Remember um, the... So there's an interesting mechanic with the level up system in this game to where when you finish a palace, it completely raises you to whatever your next level is, no matter how much XP you have or lack. Um, And so if you want to, you can not you can finish a palace and then not grab the crystal at the end. Um, So you can save it for when you need more XP when, you know, it takes more XP to level up. Um, So... (laughs) I forgot about I, this. <laughs> I, just, I, carry on. I somehow <laughs> so managed funny. to not grab the crystal from the very first palace. So <laughs> I thought I had them all. I was all, I was max level. I went to the, the grand palace at the end of the game, but there's a, a gate at the beginning of the grand palace that you can't get through if you don't have every orb. And I'm like, what the hell is it? What, what is this? <laughs> and you can't go into your menu and see how many orbs you have either. Um, so <laughs> I was like, Oh no! I have I didn't finish a palace somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you, had to go, you had to go back and search. Did Did you do them in reverse order as well, or did you go no. straight to palace? Thank one? God it was the very first palace, which was the first one I checked. So, but <laughs> did hang on. But if I remember rightly, I think because you didn't you reload a save state, and then you that meant you'd actually you'd unsaved yourself picking up the thunder spell. Or Fuck, else? you're right. That that definitely was a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> This was, a, this was a calamity of errors by Scott. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, so, yeah, it ended up into- being I had to do like an ex- a dungeon more than once, and I had to go through the Death Valley like two or three times. <laughs> it was just, yeah. I hate myself you so got, much. Because you got all the way to the palace, found you was missing your thing, so you reloaded a save, not realizing that you'd that was before you picked up the Thunder Spell. Yeah, and you need the Thunder Spell to fight the final boss. <laughs> All of that so, happened. So thinking you had it, you went and got your crystal, went back into the palace, went all the way down, and then couldn't thunder the thunderbird. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, man. I was thinking about not being mean right now. It's my fault, but uh, I hate this game. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Zelda. Um, okay, so just some extra little things here. So one of the famous memes from this game is I am error. And then yes. you get his um and you get his mate who's sleeping in a jungle and the only way to find that out is there's a slime sleeping in one of the towns. And I think it's something like you have to talk to him 10 times. Like you just talk to him and he goes, ZZZ comes up above his head. Then it goes away. And if you talk to him 10 times, he wakes up and says, oh, my master's out in the woods. <laughs> and it's just like a very vague hint to the guy you have to find on a specific tile in the woods. And I hated it. Uh, yeah, that's so that's another one of those goddammit moments we were talking about. Um, yeah. His name's Bagu, right? <laughs> yeah, Bagu. <laughs> but I'm sure you have an interesting factoid about that you want to... Oh, yeah, Error and Bug. I forgot about Error and Bug. Um, so, yeah, so Error and Bagu, who's supposed to be Bug, was it supposed to be a, a joke from the Japanese programmers that it's supposed to be, you know, Error and Bugs, like you get Error and Bugs in video games. So they, they put them in themselves. Very but terrible because, But because Bagu was mistranslated, everybody thinks it's literally an error that was left in the game <laughs> on accident. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good old translation. Um, And then Death Mountain. That was kind of like the first point in the game where it was just like, hey, this is hard. (laughs) 
so uh, hard. I wouldn't say the first point, but yeah, it's hard. <laughs> that was the first one for me. Um, yeah, down thrusts we spoke about. Fuck nuts, we spoke about lifting the child. <laughs> so when when you pick up the items that you find in palaces, Link lifts them above his head. But one of the item, one of the things you have to do is rescue a child who's fallen down a hole. Again, a random tile in in a maze that you have to just step on and fall in, and then find the child within. And then Link just like lifts him above his head like a trophy. It's uh, it's it's quite humorous. It's really funny. But yeah, I hated the whole falling down holes things, like trying to find that one in the middle of the graveyard to get to the third palace Mm. on the island. Yeah, I just hated it. You're talking about that island that's like a maze of trap. Trapped oh, doors, kind of, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I that remember. was terrible as well. We had to <laughs> fall through false floors. And even the final palace had a false floor hidden under some breakable rocks. Oh, shit. To get to the yeah. final section. I forgot about that. But yeah, that, oh. if I, that's another, like, thank God I was following a guy yeah. <laughs> <And as well laughs> situation. Like, and secret walls as well within dungeons, which they introduced around Palace 5, I think, or something like that. I oh. hate that mechanic. Echo the Dolphin has done that a couple times recently. And it, it always feels like just such a stupid design choice. Like, <laughs> Why? Why? Why have a secret wall? This is so yeah. pointless. Uh-huh. Um, and then I remember watching the flying heads that kind of trapped you in a room. My God. <laughs> on Steam. My God. I think, wasn't that situation what initially caused me to quit? <laughs> I think that was one of them. Yeah. It was after that stream that Corey said, you can't stream this game anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be clear, I, when I, w- I started playing this game, I was streaming it. And then I discovered it made me too angry. And I don't like being angry on stream. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I quit for a while uh, and eventually I, picked it back up on my personal time. But because I I had one as well. Like one of the other mechanics is there's like these falling blocks, and you're supposed to just sort of like dart through the room really quickly. But I stopped to try and get like a pee bag, and then I got trapped inside the blocks. Like they just yeah. fell around me and perfectly trapped me. I was like, I so, can't get out of this. I have to reload. Yeah, oh, that that is a mechanic that's worth mentioning. Is that the enemies respawn uh, off screen if you go too far? Um, and because of the way it feels like it's just programmed incorrectly, but you can end up in a situation where there's like, you know, eight of the same enemy on, on screen with you and everything slows down. <laughs> um, yeah, those, those heads, those flying heads were so annoying because they kind of like respawn if they hit you and yeah. spawn an extra one. And so and, you just end up getting flooded by them on the screen. Uh-huh. And a lot of the times they come in in situations where you're trapped in a bunch of blocks. So you have to like kind of fight your way out of the blocks while these enemies are just like you know bending you over backwards <laughs> it sucks and uh, yeah it does uh now we've spoken about thunder and we've spoken about uh giant jumping fuck nuts <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or the fuckers um yeah so thunder again it's a required spell you have to use it on the final well second from last boss thunderbird because otherwise you can't hit thunderbird he's invulnerable until you use the thunder spell but nowhere does it explain this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like you just have to fucking work it out. It's just like I wonder if this will damage him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then yeah, we've spoken about bosses. Uh, we've spoken about how difficult bloody Death Valley is because you need to have your boots so the lava doesn't set you on fire. And then there's loads of like forced encounters, and it's just really long. <laughs> They're not it. that difficult to deal with if you know their mechanics. But the, the those alphas that throw shit at you like from over the gate. Oh. the walls that that feels like another fuck you situation from the developers <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is basically just run and keep jumping and then like if you see one that feels like it's going to hit you you need to sort of stop and backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. you run into a and lot it, of those towards the the back half of the game <clears throat> um, yeah 
And then amazingly, we've managed to get this far without really talking about the sex workers in the game. We're saving the best for last. Here we are. So one of the things Link does to heal himself is he um, he he has sex. <laughs> I mean, with, with a lady in red. <laughs> canonically, we don't know that's what's happening. But like, how do you, how else are you supposed to take that when a you know a, just like, judging from this eight bit sprite, it's a attractive it's like, come in, lady come in red. my house. Yeah, <laughs> and, I'll heal, and I'll heal you. And it just goes inside, and then comes out, and your life's restored. It's just you, like you see oh. your hearts go up, and you come back out. What <clears> happened then, in there, um, Link? <laughs> also, Link has a, a penchant for the older ladies as well, doesn't he, Scott? Yeah. So later on, <laughs> uh, there's also old ladies that restore your MP by bringing you inside. So uh, uh, Link is not uh, age discriminatory. No, but thankfully Link is 16, so, you know. <laughs> Isn't um, there a couple of times where, like, the old ladies turn into the wizards that give you the spells? Yeah, there are there are weird things like that. <laughs> I, I want to say like, I came up with a headcanon about that, but it's been so long now. <laughs> yeah, I, they, they, they definitely, I'm definitely sure that one or two of them do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yep, and then uh, Dark Link. So, how did you beat Dark Link? I want to say... I, I think I, I tried to once or twice to do it legitimately, but then <laughs> I, I was like, too. fuck this. Uh, I just wanted it to be do- uh, be over. So Yeah, I, I had managed to get to the point where I had enough magic in me to get my health almost up to full and get my shield up and get my jump on. <laughs> yeah. And then I, try- I save-stated just as he was appearing. And then I tried, I think about probably five or six times to go toe-to-toe with him. And like, sometimes it would be quite a long fight. And then he'd kill me, but I'd never ever get. I'd only ever manage to get like one, maybe two hits in on him. And then, yeah, the alternative is is that you just get to the corner of the screen, crouch down and face him, and just repeatedly tap attack, and he just walks into it. So you basically just kill him by chopping his ankles off. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely do it legitimately. There is like a, a strategy to it, I think, mm. but yeah, it's, I've, I've it, seen, it, I've it feels random. Of people doing it, but, yeah, it yeah. feels totally random. No, he's he's copying you. He's like checking out you. It, it's actually. It actually the mechanic like the AI in the background is actually reading your controller inputs. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, they, this, this is a huge fuck you. <laughs> like you can do it, but it is nigh on impossible. Like they made it so difficult because of the way he reacts, because of the way he's reading your button inputs. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it's just yeah. Like Bill said, you can just go up against the screen and crouch and stab, and he runs into it every time for some reason. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For some reason, he's dumb enough to do that in spite of everything else. Yeah. And then finally, the game ends. You get to have a good snog with Zelda and then nail her in the back of the trailer. <laughs> oh, I wonder what, how the first Zelda would feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's there too. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know Zelda, where she's at. Scissor so. Zelda. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's my head coming. Um, so what's your overall thoughts then on the game? I kind of already said it. Um, I, I don't regret playing it because, you know, Zelda is one of my favorite series and I'm glad I could say that I have finished it. Uh, but like like I said earlier, it's it's really frustrating because it's so damn hard. And it's um, you can tell that like there's underlying good gameplay mechanics and good ideas going on with this game that they threw together. It, but it's it just... It, it doesn't land really. It ends up being so hard and some just like some broken mechanics that I think most people end up. That's why most people end up having a negative opinion about this game. 
I just wish it, yeah. those things weren't there. So it it could have been a good game, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same. I think it's just they made the enemies too tough. That, that, that was the thing for me. Um, most of the other bits I can kind of put up with and suffer, but yeah, it's just... And I'm sure there's some people <sighs> listening to this review that would probably be like, oh, these guys are wimps. This game's not hard. But, you know, like I'm... I like to have a good time while I'm playing games. Like I, I enjoy a challenge, but I, <laughs> I if it, if it mm. makes me mad, I'm I feel like I'm done, kind of. Yeah, there's there's some good moments in it, but yeah, for the most. And I would part, like to think I'm not a person that gets mad easily, but maybe <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, no, I, I get very mad at video games very easily. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. let's uh, let's let's move on. Then I've got some uh, little little tidbits here for you, Scott. Okie dokie. We'll just, we'll just smash through these. Uh, although the Japanese title for The Adventure of Link uses the English name of Legend of Zelda uh, and the game's backstory explicitly defines Legend of Zelda as uh, a plot concept, the English language game is the only one in the main series to not include Legend of Zelda in its title. Yeah, the series just, was still in its infancy and it wouldn't, yeah. I guess it probably wasn't until the next game, Link to the Past, that it really found its footing. Yeah. Like, this this is how Zelda is, you know? Yeah, but again, it's <laughs> called, because that's because that's called The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, whereas this one's right. just called Link's Adventure, <laughs> Zelda yeah. 2. Uh, <laughs> the Adventure of Link marks one of the few times where Link speaks in the main game by saying, I found a mirror under the table. Oh, yeah, I remember thinking <laughs> oh, that, that was, was weird. That was a dumb mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which happens in Saria Town. And he also says, looks like I can get in the fireplace in Kasudo. Even if you <laughs> uh, think that this is Link, think like his thoughts, you don't typically see Link's thoughts even in games. Mm. Even uh, in Breath the- of the Wild, which is fully voiced, Link is still silent. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, he goes, which is weird. <laughs> um, the Femicon disk system uh, of the game in. Uh, uses the infamous Ganon spelling with two N's, as well as other typos such as Triforce. <laughs> and uh, this intro was largely rewritten in North America for the North American release. I'm surprised they so, put yeah, in the during, effort. <laughs> during, yeah, so during the scrolling bit of the actual game, there's a couple of typos in the Japanese version. <laughs> it's interesting, but not not uncommon when you go back this far in games, oh, really. Okay. Um, according to series creator Shigeru Miyamoto, the adventure of Link is the only Legend of Zelda game he considers a failure. This due to the limitations of the hardware, which it's always Bollocks. interesting whenever you see a developer <laughs> like look back on something and, and criticize at that harshly, right? Absolute bollocks! It's not hardware. The game's just too bloody hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm being, not being funny. It runs really smooth on the NES, mm-hmm. so it's not that. Other than uh, the, uh, the respawning enemies, that feels really broken <clears throat> to me. But <laughs> and then yeah, I, I've already mentioned the next bit about. Uh, Ganon's laugh being used in Punch Out. Yes, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't talked about this yet. So the River Devil, it's like a 
not a monster you fight, but it's like <clears> a, a false wall kind of that you have to progress past. Blow. It's like a, a gate yeah. check. Blow. You have to blow your, you have to blow your flute at it. Right. <laughs> it runs away, a, apparently. Which is a dungeon item, right? You, you get the... Yeah. Right. Um, so it resembles an Oni in the Japanese version of the Adventure of Link. However, in international versions, its sprite was changed to resemble a black hexapod. As Oni were not culturally relevant to foreign consumers at the time of release, this was possibly done to avoid any connection to Satan. And I will say <laughs> that River Devil sprite or monster or whatever does look quite uh, menacing, even for this game, even though you don't actually <laughs> fight it. <laughs> yeah, but he looks even more menacing in the uh, in the Japanese version. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> yeah, there, there was hundreds of little tweaks and changes between the Japanese version and the ones that we got. But I've just, I just thought I'd just put in a few of the most interesting ones there. You're telling me um, we got the improved version? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, okay. we, have, we have moving tile sprites. A lot of their tile sprites didn't move. Okay. <laughs> like the water and stuff. <laughs> so we did actually get the better version. Wow. Um, and then uh, in when you get to, as we mentioned, when you get a game over, it always sends you back to the very beginning of the game, back to, back to Zelda, we always used to say. Um, but except from when you get to the Grand Palace, when you get to the Grand Palace and you get a game over, you start at the beginning of the Grand Palace. And that was actually um, due to a, a limitation from the game originally being made on the Famicom disk system. So they used floppy disks in Japan for that. And so the whole of the final palace was on a second disk. So it couldn't, it literally couldn't teleport you back to Zelda. But then when it came out to the PAL and to North American regions and they put it onto the Nintendo cartridge, they could fit the whole of the game in, but they didn't take that bit out. <laughs> so yeah. essentially when you go to when you get into the Grand Palace, that's disc two. <laughs> so it's like a rare godsend where the, the hardware saved us all. Um Absolutely. I, again, <laughs> Super Switch Club, I remember Skelly saying like when he when he died for the first time and was back at the start of the Grand Palace, he started saying, is there a mod so that when I die in the Grand Palace, I go back to Zelda? And then after he died like three times, he was like, no, no, I don't want that mod anymore. <laughs> it ended up not uh, in practice not being that big of a deal for us because of save states. But yeah, um, and I, but and if you I, weren't I'd modded using my that. Game to, yeah, I'd also modded my game to put me at the beginning of every palace when I died. Very so, nice. So yeah, that, that was my thing. All right, then. Should we, uh, should we rate this? Let's get to it. timeline here scott <laughs> yeah how do you want to how would you rate the story for zelda 2 uh man it, it's hard to, with these games because you know they're so old it's hard to judge them for lack of story or anything um let me let me think of 
So I should take into account like everything that's in the manual and stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's all it's okay. all part of the game, you know. I guess I'll give it uh, a. I remember the manual story being like sixteen pages long. I'm I'm exaggerating, but it uh, it was actually a cool manual. <laughs> yeah, I I guess I'll I guess I'll give it a seven. Seven. Do I want six or seven, Bill? I don't. Seven. <laughs> it, I'm trying to think if I've even re- reviewed a game older than this for the show. <laughs> well, I don't think I have. If I, if I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, I guess seven. Okay, no, I'm going to go six. It was it was interesting enough, but just very bland. Just like yeah, there's a sleeping princess. I might be a little biased because even though I hate this game, I love Zelda. So <laughs> just thinking about so, how it all fits in. <laughs> now I want you to go first on this one. How combat. are you going to do combat? Oh shit, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, I think if I think it had the potential to be like a seven or an eight, but because of broken mechanics and just overly hard enemies, I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to do like a four, man. <laughs> four. Um, I'm not going to agree with you, and I think this might surprise you, but I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay. Uh, justify it. I, I, I found the fighting in this game very, re- very rewarding once you got it right, <laughs> and the down thrust was just a lot of fun. I just, I just had a lot of fun with the combat in this game. As much as I've complained about the dark nuts and having to kill them, very satisfying once I get there. I just kind of enjoyed it. I'm a bit of a masochist. No, I can't give it an eight. I'm going to give it a seven. But yeah, but okay. I did enjoy it. <laughs> I did All enjoy right. it. Well, uh, I don't think it's wrong to give it a seven. It just, <laughs> I've got to criticize this game where I can, and combat's like one of the. <laughs> non combat, however, I am going to give it a two. I That's just so interesting. Fucking hated everything about <laughs> everything. Everything outside of that in this game was just awful. I just didn't like it. It's just like I hated going into towns and having to talk to people mirrors hidden under tables fireplaces that aren't real fireplaces fake walls falling through fake pits yeah all those sorts of things not completely not combat related just the rest of the game was just incredibly frustrating so this is interesting to me because i i sort of feel the opposite where um i liked the most of the not all of them of course there's there's terrible (laughs) parts but i like the bits between the palaces more than anything else. <laughs> oh, um, see, I like the palaces more. <laughs> and it, that could be because I'm, I was using a guide, so I like I didn't really get lost necessarily. Um, oh, I used a guide a lot, but you know, I, I'm one of those people where if I get stuck for more than like four minutes, <laughs> like, right, yeah. look it up. I haven't got time for this. I think uh, I think I'll give this one a seven. Seven. Wow. Yeah, we are. We are doing opposites. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to have conflicting opinions because usually Rich and I are. Uh, or and Corey are close to the, the same temperature. Rich surprises me occasionally when he'll be like, I give the story a two. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is fucking Shakespeare, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so what about the visuals? Remembering it's an NES game. I I feel like it looks fine for for an NES game. Like it, I don't really have much to complain about. It's definitely not the prettiest game that came out on that system. But 
Uh, well, no, but not everything can be Kirby. So, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think it, I think the visuals are okay. So I, maybe I'll give it a seven here. Seven? Yeah, I'm going to go for a five. Really? Yeah, you've I played did, more I of these did, old did, games did, than me, but I, I have. But I just didn't enjoy the style. Like, the, it was nice and colourful, which I liked, but the rest of it, I kind of felt was a bit flat. Yeah. I like yeah, that the I, I like the side scrolling. I think it's an interesting look for it, and I think the world is well realized as far as like you're def- you definitely feel like you're in this huge world because of the world mm. map. But yeah, now audio is quite an interesting one. I'm going to go for a six because there wasn't anything particularly bad in it that I remember, and obviously the temple theme is just godly, but a lot of the other tracks are quite good too, like. I wasn't I wasn't starved for um, OCR remixes for for editing the Super Switch clubs together, and there's a lot there's a lot of good tracks in here, but I'd say good. You know, I'd definitely say the Temple Temple themes are ten out of ten, but then the rest of it's kind of you're sitting around sixes and sevens. So as an overall experience, I'm going to go for a six. Okay, yeah, um, I don't <clears throat> remember any tracks that actively annoyed me. And like you said, there are some good ones in there. So I think I'll agree with you on this and, and give it a six as well. Cool. And then finally, what's your overall feel of the game? It, it hurts me because I want to give it a higher score than what I'm going to give it. Um, but <laughs> but I, th- I think I'm going to go for a three on this. I'm sorry. Right. I no, think if, I, if some of those mods that some of the other Super Switch Club people uh, added on, if I was playing with those, maybe I would go for like a five or something. But I, as it is, I can't <laughs> be nice to it. Yeah. So the mod, the mod that we used was called the um, Zelda Two Adventure Link Redux. But if you use everything, it's just a joke because like you game over and it puts you back at the start of the screen that you're in. Wow. <laughs> it's just like this, this, like you get to a point where it's just like okay, that's not even like playing a game anymore. It's like story mode for a game that doesn't have a story. So, but yeah, I'm going to go for a four, I think, for me. And then final boss. Which is frustrating, so, right, to give a game that lowest score, but. It is. I mean, I, I, this, I think this game's already fared a lot better than Fantasy Star 3 did. So, okay. Um, so, you know, it's not going to be too low in the, in the rankings, but yeah, it's going to be lowish. So what about final boss for good old Dark Link? I think, I think I'm going to give him a one. Can we get zeros? <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can have a zero if you want. Uh, I'll give it a. Think, I'll give it a two because I like the concept and the idea, but it yeah. it fails in practice horribly. It does. Like <laughs> I've, I've seen videos of people go toe to toe and beat him, and people who are really good at it. But it's just like, man, find something better to do with your life than getting good at beating <laughs> Dark Link in this game. It's just, yeah. it's just honestly, it's just not worth it, people. <laughs> <laughs> is is that better or worse than the guy that leveled Cloud and Barrett up to ninety nine in Mako Reactor number one or whatever? Uh, I think that will always be the worst. Okay, that that's like <laughs> the most complete waste of life you could ever imagine. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I, I guess I could say I respect someone. it, but yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, is are you truly spiting someone? Yeah, <laughs> or is the other person not secretly spited you? <laughs> So, have you got any other final thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, I, I've said it a couple of times now. Like, I'm glad I played it. Um, I'm just mad at it. <laughs> I just wanted it to be better, and it 
it I wanted to be like, oh, people are just being wimps. Like there's other games I've played that people actively dislike that I liked. Um, not this one. Everybody was right. <laughs> what about you? Me? Uh, I, I, I enjoyed the experience. I thought it was a good laugh. I had a lot of fun playing it as the Super Switch Club rather than playing it just by myself. <laughs> um, and I've got, I've, got, I've got a bad feeling a lot of games are going to be soloing in, in my future. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it was okay. You know, it's. I mean, I, you, what you got to remember is I've only I've only played and now beaten three Zelda games. Yeah, so I've only beaten the first one, the second one, and Link's Awakening. So, uh, <laughs> I'm to start so, a yeah, podcast. I, I think it's all right. <laughs> Just kidding! Don't do that. Um, yeah, so I'll also add on that uh, as negative as we're being, there were other people in the club that were even more way so. way more negative than us. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm, I'll read my scores. So for story, I gave a seven, combat a four, non-combat a seven, visuals a seven, audio a six, overall feel a three, final boss, which doesn't count, a two, which brings my subtotal to a 34 out of 60 or a 56.66%. Nice one. Yeah, I gave story a six, combat seven, non-combat two, visuals five, audio six, Overall fill four, final boss one because he sucked. So I gave it a 30 out of 60, which is a halfway point. That's 50%. Um, which gives us a grand total. You ready for this, Scott? I'm ready. It's a grand total of 53.33%. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, that's a little higher than I thought we would, than where I thought we might land going into this. Hmm. So. <laughs> I mean, that still puts it right at the bottom portion of our list. <laughs> it's um I don't have it pulled joint, up, but yeah. Yeah, it's joint uh forty first. Okay. Out of forty nine. <laughs> so, you know, it's ten away ten away from the bottom. But it's joint with uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, Cloudy Mountain. Mm-hmm. It's better than Willow, Gateway to Ashby. <laughs> Dungeon Explorer, Final Lap Twin, which should be a much higher game, to be honest with you. Uh, Double Dungeons, Fantasy Star 3, and then Highline. Just you feel that's about accurate is, as the, just one, above the only one who's sword. played those? Yes. Just above it is Sword of a Million. So really, the three games around it is Sword of a Million, Dungeons and Dragons, Cloudy Mountain, and Willow. Oh, do you want yeah. To, honestly, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a better game than Willow, but not, not by much. Okay. So <clears> we managed to bad. do a, a good job, hard. it sounds like, as far as rating yeah. this accurately. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Okay. Um, I haven't pre-calculated the, how much of an RPG it is, but one thing I did want to mention uh, earlier that, that I forgot to is that of all the Zeldas, this one is the most RPG-like. Zelda's <laughs> always used a, uh, is used as kind of a joke as to what is and isn't an RPG, but this one's definitely an RPG, and I'm, I'm sure it would score well above the 100 needed to be considered an RPG for the purposes of this show. Cool. Right. Let's get into listener feedback. Okay. Right, so I've got some uh, I've got some audio here that was lovingly given to us by Frost. So I'm going to let Frost take it away himself. Hey, this is Frost, and here's my thoughts on Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Uh, so there's a lot of, to say about this game, and I know we have just a short amount of time, so I'm going to take up most of that time by reiterating that fact. No, but seriously, uh, Zelda Two is, I think, a very good game. It's obviously very challenging. The, there's very tight controls on jumping. It's very almost Castlevania 
um, in that respect. Uh, to be honest, it's it's probably best suited if you're going to play Zelda 2, uh, you know, modernly. I, I know we played it for the Super Switch Club and we were using the Switch emulation for it. Uh, and you have rewind function and you have save states when you do that, which is good. But what this game really could use is some of the modern ROM hack um, quality of life things that it, that that people have put into the into the to the ROM. Things like when you die, you respawn at the temple you're in um, when you run out of lives, rather than going and having to walk all the way back from from the North Palace. Um, Things like saving your experience when you run out of lives, uh, you know, little things like that could just make the, the experience just a tiny bit better. Um, I know I played the game a dozen or so times because I had it growing up and I played it mostly on the NES. But I, I would say that for a modern gamer who hasn't, you know, isn't a hardcore NES player, you know, from back in the day, you're probably better off with a, with a ROM hack. Although the having the advantage of save states can, can certainly... Um, mitigate some of this. Uh, as far as the actual game itself, uh, you know, the story's very different. Uh, in fact, it's, it's, this is sort of one of the three, you know, NES sequels that I like to talk about when I talk about the weird NES sequels. You have Zelda 2, which is completely different from any Zelda game. Uh, you have Simon's Quest, which Castlevania 2, which is a complete side that you know it's completely different from, from castlevania one except for the fact that you run around with a whip uh mostly it, it's basically an rpg uh and then you have mario brothers 2 which there's a reason that one's nothing like mario brothers one uh well i guess it's something like it but it's so different uh, it's because it wasn't originally a mario game to begin with uh so uh you know this is back when i feel like games when they made sequels they, they were trying to do new things and i think there's something to say about that Whereas in modern times, you know, uh, you have a game and then you make a sequel. And the sequel is basically, how can we do the same thing, but just a little bit better or just a tiny bit different? Whereas back in the day, these sequels were, you know, complete changes. Um, you know, Mario 2, a little bit less so. But, I mean, that game is weird. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I realize I've just rambled for three minutes and, and I haven't really said much. Uh but the, the game, it, it can be difficult. It's mostly the platforming, except for some of the enemies in the final palace, which border on unfair or actually are completely unfair if you think about it. But there's some platforming challenges in Death Valley that are tough. Um, and overall, I mean, it's a challenging game. And I think, I think most people should play it. I think you should play this game and get a sense for your Zelda history. You know, I don't want to be the guy who's like, you know, know where everything came from. But, but this is sort of a... a it's a it's a point in Zelda history that's very interesting, um, and it's also odd, you know, Koji Kondo did not compose the soundtrack for this, which you would think would be, uh, you know, a downside. But actually, the soundtrack is excellent. Uh, there there are themes, the Great Palace themes, the, actually the normal Palace theme is also great. The intro's great, the ending theme's great, the overworld theme's pretty good. Uh, it it's, you know, the soundtrack is very strong. It's an RPG, so it's a Zelda RPG, um, which you know, there, there aren't any other ones of those <laughs> coming around. So uh, overall, uh, I enjoy this game. I recommend this game just maybe with some modern quality of life to give you uh, a little less hair pulling in the end. So uh, thanks for listening to my rambling, Bill. Uh, have a good day. And thanks for that, Frost. I'm pretty sure he just says, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Something along those lines. Anyway, I'll let it in later. <clears throat> right, so uh, Skelly, good old Brett. We've mentioned him quite a few times in this episode. Uh, he just said Zelda 2 is a cursed artifact. Uh, 
because he had a lot of fun with the game. Brett's such a funny <laughs> dude, but yeah, he's totally right. It's cursed as shit. <laughs> All right, do you want to read? Um, uh, actually, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the next one. So Kylie, is, Zelda 2 is a fantastic experiment in how the Zelda formula needs to grow and expand. There are some marvellous patches for the game that take it from being a shaky 2 to a solid 8. <laughs> Which tells me uh, that the underneath jank and dust, there is something rather fantastic buried within. Yeah, you can feel you feel like there is almost a good game here, but not quite. Yep. Um, you want it to be I, good, and it's not. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, so um, to wit, he would call Ocarina of Time a direct successor to Zelda 2, fixing a whole lot of what they got wrong and implementing what the team learned in A Link Link to the Past. Whereas I would, have thought, I would have thought, you know, that you could do, I would have thought Majora's Mask would have been a better example of being like taking what they got from Ocarina of Time and improving it. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people still like Ocarina more than Majora. I don't agree with that, but. I think, I think that's just nostalgia talking. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, do you want to do uh, JS? Yeah. So JS says, Zelda 2 holds a special part of nostalgia for me. It was the big Christmas gift the year it came out. Played it a ton, and it was excellent for its time. Because we hadn't yet seen games in this genre that were better. Sorry, my head's spinning around backwards a little bit. But uh, he goes on to say, In my old age, I've gotten soft, and this game is a lot harder than I remembered. I feel that. If not for emulation cheats, save states and rewinds, etc., I don't think I could have beaten it this time around. That said, the palace bosses were the right level of fun challenge, given that I could reload a save state from right before I started the battle if I failed. Yeah, that kind of goes along with what we were saying earlier, that the bosses are not are one of the mm-hmm. easier parts of the game, weirdly. Um, not having to keep trekking back from the game's starting point following game over was a lifesaver. I think when you compare it to the era it came from, early to mid-NES, this game was exceptional for its time. Was it, Bill? Uh, sadly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh, people look back fondly on the NES, but th- there's some. That's where the phrase Nintendo hard came from. Is that this yeah, generation? I've, I've got an NES and I've got some games on it, and it's like it's funny because like you play the old Mario games and they're not too bad, but everything else is just bonkers hard. But yeah. in saying that, I think I think I, c- I can't remember. I don't think I've actually ever beaten the first Mario game. That game's really hard too. Uh, I always yeah. had when I was a kid. I, but, my mom beat the castle levels for me, or tried to. Yeah, anyway. it, was one, it was one of those things I could always get to level eight easily. But I could never get. I I could sometimes get into Bowser's castle, but that was it. Yeah, <laughs> I could never get any further. I've since beaten that game, but it's still <clears> really hard. So, <laughs> um, hey, JS ends here saying saying it's still a decent game if you can put up with the Nintendo. Wow, I didn't even read ahead. Put up with the <laughs> Nintendo hard jankiness of combat. Yeah, um, I think I mostly agree with what the people are saying here. Um, yeah, definitely. It's just hard I to think, think of this game as being exceptional for its time. <laughs> even for its time and I think the final thing I just want to end on here is a big plug for the Super Switch Club we've mentioned it a lot during the review but it's also a lot of fun and like Scott said we haven't actually played a good game yet (laughs) Uh, because we've played Zelda 2 so yeah essentially the Super Switch Club plays the games from the Nintendo online library and we go through each system at a time we basically pick and nominate a game and then let Twitter vote for it and then we play said game so yeah, we we did Zelda two, which was a joke by me to get Scott to play it, and then a podcast was born, <laughs> and then, um, and then um, so the second game was uh, Star Fox, which I did one level of, and then rage quit. <laughs> that was funny to me because uh, again, that was a game where I was like, I don't get why everybody hates it so much. Ah, so. <laughs> uh, it's just this that sort of I, I've never been good at sort of any type of flying simulator. 
and feel, that was feel, yeah. just terrible. I just like, oh, I can't handle this. This is this is giving me nausea sickness. <laughs> like, I can definitely see how on. that game can give you nausea. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And then uh, myself and Scott are currently playing through Echo the Dolphin, which is probably one of the prettiest games I've ever played. <laughs> but it's really at the same pretty. Time, it's beautiful. Same time, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't yeah, think check it's out the as Super hard Switch as people are making it out to be. But yeah. Uh, I imagine yeah. by the time this episode is released on our feed, uh, we'll probably be like a month or two out from the N64 season. Mm, hopefully. hopefully. So, yeah. We'll so, see. yeah, follow follow the Super Switch Club and vote on which game we play for the N64 season. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's a good, that's a good plug there. It's a fun time. <laughs> Give it a listen. <laughs> it is. All right, then. Let's wrap this up, Scott. <clears throat> cool. Okay, and as Bill said, that's it for our Zelda 2 The Adventure A Link review. I'm glad to never have to think about this game again. Uh, <laughs> but Bill, you Hyrulean loach, what are we going to do next week? So next week, uh, don't know, because this is coming out weeks later. We could, I, I suspect we'll be in the middle of the hiatus between the rebrand from where I take the show back. <laughs> yeah, so uh, um, whatever's going on next week from when you're listening to this is no longer Scott's problem. So <laughs> <laughs> screw you but check out scott on twitch anyway if you still if you still want some more scott stuff scott is an amazing twitch streamer so go on do you want to plug your, your your twitch that's kind of you to say uh, you can find me streaming at twitch.tv slash the scott spot except there there's underscores the underscore scott <laughs> underscore spot yeah so and i don't i don't say that lightly like i actually scott is literally one of only two people i sub to and the other one's like a Warzone player <laughs> so um i don't i don't sub for anyone on twitch and i really enjoy watching his streams i can't believe i still can't believe you played live live twice but yeah bill and i uh <laughs> have like a jokingly adversarial relationship so it it actually does mean a lot to me when he says something nice so thank you <laughs> oh sorry uh, no he's he's twitch sucks don't go to it <laughs> no, there you go <laughs> <laughs> um and then of course rpg club we've just finished uh well, yeah, we've just finished. Uh, the, what's it called? I'm looking at this. I'm reading Persona Four. So we just finished <laughs> Fantasy Star Four. I know. I I specifically had to write it out every time when I was playing the review for Fantasy Star Four because I didn't want it to be confused with PlayStation. But <laughs> uh, so yeah, we we finished Fantasy Star Four. The RPG Club is currently probably between games. I imagine nominations have probably started uh, by the time you listen to this. If voting hasn't, um, cool. So look forward to the next game. We'll see uh, what it what happens but again the podcast will continue and so will the club good <laughs> the, the 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 club must go on yeah uh, so yeah guys don't forget you can rate and review the show uh, on any podcasting app that you want if it's got some i know some of them don't have rate and view things but it really does help promote the show and also we have a patron so with the patronage you can get early episode to access uh, early access to the episodes <laughs> hear me stutter along earlier than everyone else uh, you get ad free episodes there are extra reviews in there which there are like over 20 of now and also you get to participate in the nomination and voting for the rpg club and much much more so find us at patreon.com forward slash rpg years uh, we also have a merch store on uh, Redable. Uh, if you go to redable.com forward slash people forward slash RPG after years forward slash explore, that needs to be shortened. <laughs> well, it's because the way Redbubble works, uh, if you don't go to that specific link, it makes it seem like your products are all weird. Like it'll show you the logo on a shower curtain first or something like that. So. That's what we want. 
<laughs> Man, we haven't plugged the merch store in a while. It still exists, <laughs> but <laughs> it's out there. You can get merch. Our our current logo is amazing. So if you do want it, you know, this may be your last chance to get it while the show's still live on the after years section. <laughs> yeah. If you want to reach out to us, you got questions or feedback or anything you would like to hear us discuss on the show, that type of thing, you can email us. Our email address for now is rpgafteryears at gmail.com. Yeah. And also you can find us on Discord. Link can be found in the show notes or on our pinned tweet on Twitter. And yeah, Discord is probably one of my favorite places to talk to people. We've got a great community in there, all talking about all types of RPGs and having sex with mana trees and all that sort of thing. I always save, I'm in a ton of Discord channels. I should shorten it, but um, I always (laughs) save my own and the After Years channel for last because those are my favorites to look at and talk to people so it's like i'm <laughs> making myself save the best, best for less uh but anyway another way to get in touch with us is on twitter assuming twitter hasn't imploded i'm it's starting to get kind of scary but <laughs> yeah, oh, i'm so worried <laughs> yeah uh, but for now it exists as of this recording you can find the show <laughs> at rpg years if you want to reach out to me personally i am at the scott spot with no and underscores at- this time <laughs> yep <laughs> and i'm at metallica m-e-t-u-n-n-i-c-a cool so that's going to be it for zelda 2 uh, again i'm glad to never have to think about it again at least not for, uh, forcefully <laughs> uh join us next week for more beef and chicken recipes what is that about bill why did you write that <laughs> uh, <laughs> just want to see if you'd read it <laughs> yeah okay um but until then i'm scott might be the last time you hear my voice for a while on this show but uh yeah and i'm bill from the woods you're never gonna find me bill stop Please stop making me play terrible games. (laughs) The CDI games are coming. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Bye, everybody. The beast has been slain. The world has been saved. Our heroes are basking in the after After years. They rest in the tavern for all to hear. The tale of victory and conquered fears Revel in the peace That reigns through the land All will know it was by our heroes' hands Here in the Hey, do you care if I take like 30 seconds to refill my coffee? No, go for it. I'm going to quickly finish my, my cucumber. BRB. <laughs> cucumber? Uh, what do you Americans call it? Zucchini. Munch, munch, munch. Munch, munch, munch. Munching on Zelda's rug. It's my The book tells me this is not working. Oh, is it not? Yeah, I need it to play Paw Patrol. Okay, let's ask Mummy.
I hear children, but I'm back when you are, if you can hear me. <laughs> so as she walked off, Margot came into the room and was just like, Daddy, poor child won't come on the TV. The TV's stupid. <laughs> uh, well, good timing, I, I <clears throat> reckon. Yeah, ready to go. Rock and roll. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. Probably